You're listening to episode five of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that through the ups and downs, we're all in this together. In this week's episode, I interview my friend, Reese McLean. She's become a travel coach with an amazing blog called Someday Is Now, RTW, and the RTW stands for Around the World. She's someone I met in Chicago while we were both training for the Boston Marathon back in 2006. At the time, she had a great job in corporate America, a beautiful condo in the city, and a great social life with friends and hobbies she enjoyed. But there was something more she was craving, a desire to travel, see the world, and experience new cultures. In our interview, we talk about how she began to align her values to her life choices so that she could create a life of travel for herself. In her most recent adventure, she quit her job to travel the world for 27 months. We talk about how she made that happen and what she learned from this experience, as well as what's next for her. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Reese. How are you today? Great. How are you, Maureen? (laughs) Great. I'm so happy that you're taking some time to talk to me here on the Becoming Aligned podcast. Um, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Oh, me too. I'm so flattered that you wanted to include me in your podcast. Ah, oh, yeah, you were you're like definitely one of the first people that came to mind because you know, the whole point of the podcast is to talk talk to people who are aligning their life choices to their values. And from my perspective, that's absolutely something you've been doing more and more and more in the past few years. Um and as you say in your uh, in your in your blog that's called um Oh my gosh, Someday is Now, correct? Yes, Someday yeah. is Now, RTW. RTW. And the RTW stands for Round the World. Uh, thank you. I was going to ask you that because I wasn't sure what the RTW st- stood for. Okay, Someday is yeah, Now. Yeah, you know, someday, someday is Now was taken, so okay. I have to improvise. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. But I love, in the, I think it's in the headline of that blog post that you, or the, of your blog that you say, there's seven days in a week someday isn't one of them. And I love that. I think that's such a cool, cool way of thinking about things. And I'd I'd love to talk more about your adventures in a little bit, but maybe you can start off just telling me a little bit about yourself, which is a hard question, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it is a hard question. Um, I have lived in Chicago for quite a while. Um, I think about 16 years now I've been in Chicago. Um, But... After being here for a while, I just decided that there was more out there. So I had thought that I maybe wanted to go see the world and travel a little bit. So I took a bit of an adventure the last few years. But um, otherwise, I had been working in Chicago for a long time and working at the same job in corporate America for a bank. Ah. And yeah, just um, started off very... uh, typical and ordinary, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I know we met, we were training for the Boston Marathon, and I want to say it was like back in, in 2005. Does that sound right to you? Like maybe one of your marathons? Yeah, 2006. Okay. Something like that. Somewhere yeah. around there. And yeah. I remember while we were training, 
you would talk, you would, uh, we would talk about travel. And if I'm remembering mm -hmm. this right, you'd, you're wanting to start traveling more and, and thinking about even solo travel for the first time. Um, do you remember what gave you that travel bug and what was motivating you to do some solo travel? Well, honestly, I was thinking about this today and you were one of the people that kind of motivated me so to cool. travel on my own. Wow. Um, because we, I remember having that conversation with you about yeah. you haven't gone to New Zealand by yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, um, and did the, the bus trip with, um, what's it called? Kiwi experience. Yep. Yep. That was so the cool. name of it. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Um, so yeah, you kind of inspired me to do that. And once I made the decision to go on my first solo trip, it completely made sense for me because I've always been really independent and comfortable being alone, but it had yeah. just never occurred to me to do that until you and I talked about it. Wow. That is so cool because like you are out there just doing such major travel right now and it's like, I don't know, it's so inspiring to me. So, just, And I think that's what's cool. That's what I kind of want to dive into because you started small and I feel like there were steps along the way that just kind mm -hmm. of, like, I think if you looked at, you know, your recent two-year travels that you did, which, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. like, I think if someone was to see that, they might be like, wow, they she went off around the world for two years on her own. I don't think I could ever do that. But you, I feel like you actually started kind of smaller than that and kind of built up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I love I love for you to tell me about about that a little bit. Yeah, so that trip to New Zealand was that was in 2007. And that was the first okay. first time I'd ever traveled by myself. It was um, it was not my first time out of the country, but it was the first time that I had traveled like across an ocean. I had been um, to Mexico and to Canada and several places in the Caribbean. Um, I had never been anywhere in Europe. Uh, I don't know why I decided to go to New Zealand that first trip. It was yeah. perhaps our conversation, but wow. I know I just wanted to go somewhere um, that was exotic, yeah. somewhere far away. Yeah. And um, and I knew that uh, the currency exchange was good. Right. I had thought about all of these things. Like, they speak English there. Yes, and, same here. And I, I felt like it was a safe place to go um, by myself. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that was kind of my first trip off on my own. But it was a great first experience yeah. because what I what I did and um, I had got, I got this idea from you was the back it was a backpackers bus yes and I was thirty at the time yep so I was a bit older than a lot of the other people that were on the bus but it was a great way to meet other solo travelers mm -hmm. and I. I kind of went on this trip thinking that I would be spending a lot of time alone. It was only, it was less than two weeks. It yeah. was like 12 days or something like that that I was gone. But I was not alone at all. Yeah. Even when I wanted to be alone, it was kind of hard <laughs> to be alone. It's very true. people constantly. Yeah. And I think that that built up a bit of my courage, thinking that I could go to other places by myself and maybe go someplace that's a little bit more challenging right. by myself. Um, so, yeah, it just started started from that and it grew from there wow I love that because that was like I went to New Zealand maybe just a few years before you and did that same trip because mm -hmm. I had never done a a solo trip and I I just felt like I wanted to do something on my own just to almost prove to myself I could do it and kind of like you yeah, said exactly. <laughs> New Zealand yeah. like I'm like I can I'll be able to understand people I'll be it's beautiful that it has a scenery mm -hmm. the adventure that mm -hmm. I was looking for um 
Yeah, so it was it was kind of a safe way to get that solo travel in. And that's really cool because it built your confidence up to want to do more, right. to do more of that then. Ah, exactly. so we're, yeah, so, and you're a total planner. So I, I'm curious to see, like, did you come home? <laughs> did you come home and say to yourself, okay, I want to do more and start like planning right away? Or did things just kind of unravel and unfold kind of organically? Well, it's interesting because, yeah, when I came home from New Zealand, I knew I wanted to do another trip. And I, I don't always keep um, a journal or a diary when I travel, but yeah. on that trip I did. And um, at the end of it, I wrote, maybe next year I'll go to Spain. Wow. And I did. Oh, so that's that so was, cool. And it was almost exactly a year later wow. that I went to Spain. And that one, I I had places to stay. I had like an itinerary planned out, but it was not a tour. I wasn't sleeping in hostels. It was a completely different experience because yeah. um, I was staying in like more boutique hotels, um, something that was affordable, but mm-hmm. um but definitely not a hostel. And so I didn't really meet any other people. And I thought my Spanish was much better than it actually is. Yeah. Um, at the time. So I went there and I struggled with language barriers and uh, it was a completely different trip, but I learned a lot from that Yeah. and it didn't deter me whatsoever. I mean, I knew I wanted to continue on, but, um, but I just had a completely different perspective and I realized that I kind of liked the the New Zealand style better where I was staying in hostels and meeting all these ah, people. Right. Because you do, you yeah. meet, you, you kind of go by yourself and you end up meeting so many people. Like I actually went, at least in the age before like Facebook was popular, I guess, or I didn't know about it. I think they were mm-hmm. actually just texting at the time people were <laughs> starting to use text. Yeah. And like, so I wish I actually was still connected to these people on Facebook or something like that because you yeah. do, you meet such cool, and I still remember them so clearly um, when you're traveling by yourself and the, your first initial fear is, I don't know if I'm going to meet anyone, but it's so yeah. cool how it works out to be opposite of that. Yeah. No, like, can I dive in though? And like, what was it about travel that really appealed to you? Well, I suppose... So my whole life, I've kind of had an interest in travel, but okay. it wasn't something that we really did as a family. We took uh, road trips okay. in the U.S. Yeah. And it was more of my mom's interest. My dad wasn't so interested, uh-huh. but as long as we weren't gone for too long or traveled too far, he was okay with it. Yeah. And I grew up in Kansas and Oklahoma, so like kind of everywhere in the country was the same distance if we drove there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. So we we took trips to the mountains, and I remember driving to Florida a couple of times from Oklahoma and driving to California, um, and that sparked my interest a little bit. Okay. My mom always tried to plan, like, stops for us, and the rest of us pretended like we weren't interested, although yeah. I really was. So <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be cool like right. with my brother and acted like I didn't care, Aww. and I said I wish that I had... Um, I I had been a little bit more excited about that. Yeah. But um, I recently found a list that I made when I was a teenager of these places that of just looking through magazines. And it's a very specific list of places that I wanted to travel to. And I recently found it and it has places like um, St. Augustine, Florida and (laughs) Opryland (laughs) (laughs) written on this list. Right. Um, but I've also, I also have African safari. Okay. 
the options and with phone wow. numbers, not websites, phone numbers because the <laughs> list is that old. That's hilarious. Um, but, uh, but I recently found that and I was just thinking about how I don't know where that interest exactly came yeah. from, but I think it was looking at magazines. I always had a lot of um, National Geographic travel magazines um, that I think belonged to a great uncle of mine. So okay. they were like really old. Yeah. Um, magazines. They It wasn't anything current even at that time, which would have been in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Um, but it just sparked my interest in what else was out there. I grew up in a small town in the middle of the country. And yeah. um, and I didn't know anyone that had really been anywhere exotic. And well, it just, I had a big imagination. I just always thought about it. Oh, that's so cool. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Did you know someone who traveled and kind of admired them? But it wasn't that. It was just that you yeah. had this big imagination and were wondering what else was out there in the world. And you see these magazines and be like, wanting to see something like that someday, maybe. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was an avid reader, too. So okay. I, you know, I would read about any subject under the sun. And I would often read several books at a time. Ah, okay. Um, so I think it just always kind of sparked my imagination to think about um, what else might be out there. Outside of the four walls that I... I found myself in most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you got to Chicago, you're describing your life earlier. It's just kind of like a normal, regular life in a yeah. sense. Um, were you, yeah. were, were you just wanting something more, do you think? Or cause I like you have, like you had, you know, what from the outside looks like an awesome life too. And you know, running and yeah. social life and all yeah. those wonderful things. But were you like, there's something more. Right. And I, I would agree with that. I like my life in Chicago. Yeah. Um, I have great friends. I live right downtown. And I often find my for as long as I've lived here, which has been, um, like I said, like almost 16 years now. Yeah. But I often have moments where I'm like, oh, this is such a cool place to live, especially during the summer. Right. <laughs> I know. The winter gets but, a little um, rough. <laughs> but yeah. And I, and I liked my job. Yeah. Um, I there I really didn't have anything that was that was pushing me to go. Yeah. Um I had a dog as, also at the oh, time yep. that I decided to travel. Yep. Um but yeah, I just felt like there was something more out there and I I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. I didn't have kids. Um the only things that were really kind of holding me back from leaving were my dog. Yeah. Um who ended up uh who my parents took when mm-hmm. I went to travel. And um, and then I own my apartment in Chicago, which I rented out while I was away. But when I narrow when I started narrowing it down, these are the only things that are really holding me back yeah. from leaving. And it didn't seem quite so overwhelming anymore. I was able to just knock off one thing at a time, and I thought, okay, you know, as long as it's it was it seemed like this big overwhelming project when I first thought of it. But yeah. Then it then I just kind of broke down one thing at a time and made it seem much easier or more realistic to just go. Yeah. Cause it does. It sounds like, yeah, I was going to ask like how, when did you come up with the idea? So you did New Zealand, you did Spain and then you did a, a few other trips as well. Like more. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Iceland. Um, I went to Tanzania. I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and yeah. uh, did a safari. Yeah. I went to Machu Picchu yeah. Um, yeah, I did a few trips in between, and and each one would be two weeks, and okay. then I was stretching it to three three weeks. Okay. 
and I was really pushing the envelope with my job. Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, I was really fortunate. <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate they let me get away with it, but um, I I would be teased about it a little bit. Like, yeah. Uh, at our Christmas party, I think the last year before I left, they teased me about taking a three-week vacation. Yeah. Um, that I was the only one that felt like that that was a normal thing to do. Right. Yeah, because that's not something that people, it's usually just a few days here, a few days there, these little getaways mm-hmm. that we get. Um, but you, yeah. the length, the, the longer time periods was like calling out to you more and more, it sounds like. What were you, what were you yeah. finding with, with staying someplace longer and longer? Well, I think um, when I would plan these two-week or three-week vacations, which I realize is still a lot longer than most Americans will stay away at one time, I was planning these trips, and I was trying to fit as much as I could into that period of time Uh, that I I could, and everything was really planned out. I I tend to do a lot of travel business travel planning for my job, um, for other people. So I, it, it was very natural for me to kind of plan out all of the details, but, um, but I hated doing that, to be honest. Yeah. It, it was easy for me and it made me feel like I was maximizing my time, yep. but I hated the fact that I might be missing something that I didn't even realize was an option before uh, I went there, Right. but then I would arrive and, and also when I was traveling, I was meeting people from a lot of other places, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Europeans or Australians um, that might have more holiday time than we get here. Yeah, and so they would true. say, oh, I'm traveling for six weeks. <laughs> I'm like, that would just blow my mind. So jealous. I'm yeah. Thinking, <laughs> thinking that they were going to be gone for so long. And it just started seeming um, that I was missing out because I didn't have as much vacation time to take away from work right and it's impossible to really get a good flavor of a country in that period of time even though I know two weeks sounds like a long time to most Americans it's really just you don't get to see everything you're only spending a day or two in each place yeah you're not getting settled and that just wasn't enough yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so it left you it left you wanting more and more that's yeah yeah no yeah so these first these first few like two week even the three week trip like what were the things what was something you learned from that those experiences as you that you were able to take with you as you planned your your bigger your major adventure I guess well um I suppose I what a couple of things that I knew to expect when yeah. I left for the first time was that I was going to have to really develop my sense of patience ah yeah um yeah so (laughs) I I mean I guess I have a pretty typical level of patience for an American right right which is really not high yeah the whole scheme of things yep um but I knew that I was gonna have to learn learn how to get along with other cultures and mm. to do things their way. And I didn't want to bring my culture into their country and try to force things to be the way I expected them to be. Uh, I wanted to learn how other people did things. Yeah. And I noticed other travelers, um, when they didn't do that, when they tried to force everything to be the same as what they wanted it, Yeah. Um, they often were disappointed in their experience because they mm. weren't going to get what they expected. And then they were just, 
angry all the time or frustrated. Frustrated, yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So I felt like that was huge for me to be able to to really just have patience and mm-hmm. to be open-minded enough to accept whatever their culture was and whatever um, interaction that I could have. Right. So it was like it was important for you to be learning about and from these other cultures just to get that like the point of traveling it sounds like yeah. was just to be able to absorb yeah. what else is going on in the world around you. Yeah, I love I love that you were able to right. you're aware enough to to do that. Yeah, and I I know you also mentioned the hostels versus like the boutique boutique hotels that you were staying in when you were in Spain. Mm-hmm. So that seems like it was a very conscientious mm-hmm. decision too to have an experience in the hostels. Yeah. As you went across, Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really have that many bad hostel experiences. Mm-hmm. I know it's really hard to convince yeah. people who've never stayed in one to give it a try. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I was so intimidated. Are, yeah. And, you know, there are, if somebody doesn't, they think of hostels as being like a dorm with bunk beds. Right. And that's what I, that's what I chose to do most of the time because I like that. And that's a great way to interact with other people yeah but um there are also private rooms in most hostels Mm -hmm. and so if you wanted to stay in a private room or maybe you were traveling with um, a significant other or a sibling or something like that then you can get a private room but there were always common areas where you could still interact with the other yeah um, travelers yeah Yeah. so okay you mentioned too that like so when did you come up with the idea? I feel like you mentioned this already and I'm forgetting when you're like, I want to do an extended period of travel. Yeah. Like how did that come so to I shape? Started, yeah. Well, a couple different ways. I, um, and it's hard for me to narrow it down exactly when right. it came, came into being. But at one point I was thinking that I wanted to possibly teach English oh, okay. overseas. Okay. That was like a more common Thing, and it had never occurred to me to not work. Yeah, um, got it. I mean, I had a bit bit of money put away in savings, but like most people, I thought that travel is much more expensive than it actually is. Mm-hmm. So I never really thought that I had enough money to just like quit my job and not work. Right. So I was thinking of teaching English overseas. And then at one point, I kind of made a joke to someone thinking that I, I don't really want to work at all. I just want to travel. Yeah. And, um, and I was kind of in a big group when I said that and somebody was like oh I know somebody who did that get out and okay. just from that point put me in touch with uh somebody who had done an extended trip and then I there's this it doesn't really exist anymore but there used to be this network of people in Chicago and there was one in a lot of major cities in the U.S. called hmm. meet plan go meet plan go and okay meet plan go so they would meet um talk about travel okay then they would kind of it was a network of people that would help with the planning process and then you would go travel oh cool and um and it was it was really kind of designed for people that were taking a career break not someone who was in the process of a gap year or retired or anything like that it was it was encouraging people to go in you know at my age I, I just turned 40 okay um so to kind of go in the middle of their career and get away and a way of going and then also to come back and re-enter ah. into corporate America if that was what they chose to do. Okay. But it was meeting this network of other people who had either done it or who were in the planning phase or who um, who just were interested 
in the same type of trip that I was interested in. I went to these meetings for probably two years. Wow. Before I actually left. Wow. I didn't realize Um, that. Yeah. There used to be one every quarter. When I came back from my trip, actually, I reached out to the person who used to plan the meetings offering to be a speaker. Yeah. And she said they're not really doing them anymore. That's too bad. um, So it's really unfortunate because it was such a big part of my it's like building my confidence to go to yeah. know that it was possible to go and all these people went they had traveled they didn't spontaneously combust <laughs> they, came back, they were able to like you know get jobs back, right. back in the U.S. again and um and it just made it so much more realistic and impossible for me to go. Wow. I love this. Well, A, I just love that you actually like kind of just put it out there in this group setting. And Mm -hmm. because like, I think sometimes that's the thing. We we don't even know what's possible unless we put it out there. You know what I mean? So this idea of not working, um, to actually put it out there and, and then have someone direct you to a group that could to could help you make it happen or to give you that confidence. Yeah, because I was thinking about this, Reese. I'm like, the, to have the confidence to even just plan for it and to actually, like, to, to actually execute it is mm-hmm. just so impressive and so cool to me. Um, like, yeah, I just admire you so much for doing that because there's a lot of us who, who think about these things. Like, I think it'd be so great to do this or so great to do that. But the sitting down, and you might even start, you might actually even start to plan it. But to make it actually mm-hmm. like come and you know actually happen is is really says a lot I think so was that was that hard to do <laughs> it had to be challenging yeah right? it was because um, I thought of, the first time it kind of popped into my head that this was something that would be really interesting to do it was probably the summer of 2013 okay and um, but it just seemed so overwhelming to to kind of wrap your life up into a neat little bow yes because like I said I had the dog and the apartment and I have a lot of stuff that I've yeah. accumulated over the years yeah and and to take it all in one big bite mm-hmm. was just so overwhelming it would give me hives yeah. I couldn't even like think about all of that and so I think it was just like over time and then after meeting other people that had done it, and and I'm such a list maker, yeah, so that yeah, always really helps me, yeah. But, but to kind of come up with like, okay, these are the things I need to do, and to be able to like check off one at a time, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just take one, just do one thing at a time. It yeah. became a lot more manageable, yeah, and less scary. And so even now, when I think back that I that I did that, it it seems like somebody it was somebody else. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe I really did that. Yeah. um, Oh, that's funny. And then with that said, I'm actually, I really plan to leave again. Ah. Um, I'm giving myself about a year, but I'd like to leave again. But it's, but even now, after I've already done it, I think about it. I'm like, okay, sounds like so much. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because, yeah, no, I love it. Because I think it's just out of. It's just different from what everyone else is doing, I suppose, too. And so, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is what makes it so cool because this is something that you really valued. And it seems like you really just kind of came alive in this experience, you know, and just grew as a yeah. person in so many ways. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. To, I want to definitely want to talk about what you, what you got planned in the works. Cause I didn't, I knew there was, I knew yeah. it'd be happening. I just didn't know when and where and all that. But here's something I actually wanted to ask you too, is mm-hmm. when, when you came up with the idea and you started planning, like how, how soon did you start to tell people that you were actually going to do this and how did people react? Well, um, everyone was really supportive. Yeah. I, I think I was really lucky in that respect because after I met this network of people through Meet Plan Go, I realized that is not the case for most people. Yeah, I can um, imagine. Most people have a really hard time like navigating telling friends and family. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I think I do this a lot. When I get like this big idea about something, mm-hmm. I tell myself immediately, I'm not going to tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to see if it, like, it actually comes together. Yeah. And then, like, two days later, I tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do that a lot. That's funny. And um, and I guess the first time, my, my parents were probably the first people I told, which okay. definitely is not the case for most people who do tricks like yeah. this. Yeah, But But I was also, I was... 37 so you know there's not much they could really do to stop me but Mm -hmm. (laughs) the first time I told my parents um I think they tend to or at least they act like they believe everything I say but I always have like big ideas of things that I want to do right right and I would say like 50 50 do I actually like follow through on things so they didn't indicate that they didn't really believe me But I le- I did later find out that my dad did not think this was serious at all. Okay. He um he completely thought that this would never happen. Wow. And um, but and then even friends were really supportive. Yeah. Um, I I think it helps that I don't have a lot of friends that have kids mm-hmm. because I think I the reaction I got from some people on Facebook of moms mm. um was kind of like well, who do you think you are? Yeah. Interesting. Like, you're, you're not, you're not having like this normal life. Yeah. Um, where you have to like work a job and get married and have kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but most of my friends, uh, that I'm closest to in Chicago didn't really, um, they, they thought it was great. Most yeah. of them don't have kids. So they also have a lot of freedom in yeah. their lives while they all have jobs. Right. Um, they're still able to go travel and do trips that they want to do. So I got a really good reaction from people. And I think That's that cool. also was really helpful. Yeah. Cause I can imagine like that it could be mixed for some people, like just because mm-hmm. it is different and out of the norm. And I know, you know, some of the friends you're referring to and like, and the, it's a very supportive, like, you know, positive group of people. So, but that's, yeah, th- absolutely. That's awesome though, that you got, cause that just gives you the extra boost to want to, be able to make it actually happen. So it's nice to have that support. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your trip. Tell us, uh, tell us kind of how you made it happen <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I know you said that it was like a lot of small steps along the way, but you, yeah, you had to get your apartment ready. Um, yeah. And lease that out for the period of time. You took a two year yeah, break from your was... job too, right? They, re- they actually gave you a break too, right. didn't they? Yep. <laughs> well, they, I quit. I quit oh. my job. Ah, um, I don't think I realized like, that. Yeah, yeah, I I hundred percent quit, um, and I was really nervous about it because I did I liked Ooh. my boss and I liked my job, but um, and I know that they were not expecting this when I quit. Yeah. So I was extremely nervous. Oh, I goodness. think I was like, like my face was like super flushed when I told my boss, but 
as soon as he he asked me right away if I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if I was having a breakdown or something <laughs> like that. Um, but as soon as he realized that I was okay and that I just wanted to travel a little bit, um, he was really supportive. And he said even then, it w- less than five minutes after he told him I was quitting, that I was welcome to come back. That is I amazing. What? Wanted to. And then, um, yeah, I know. My brother's like, I can't even believe that you are so lucky with that. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then I went and told um, our HR manager, and she said the same thing to me. And I know that they had not had a chance to talk to each oh, other my goodness. Um, in between the times when I told them. Yeah. And so I kind of had that in the back of my mind when I was away that I might have that option to go back. Yeah. Um, and I would say it was about a year and a half into my trip, the first time I heard from HR asking me if, when I was coming back, mm. if I would like to return. Yeah. And at that point I had no idea when I was going to be back. So I didn't, um, so I didn't know if I really wanted to, or if, when I was going to be there Yeah. and I kind of put her off, but she ended up asking me about three times Wow. over the course of the next few months. And, um, and ultimately I, I just, caved I didn't know what else to do yeah and like I said I I liked the job I know it was okay to go back but it's certainly not um it's not my lifelong goal Mm -hmm. and it's right now it's just giving me the opportunity to kind of uh, save some money again and plan for the next phase of my life yeah which is yeah it's nice to have that that option ah that's really cool to have that right Right. Even though you were you were willing to give that, you're willing to like let that go. So it's not like you were going to be counting on it, but I guess it did give a little security. Right. Did it give a little security blanket or was it? Well, it did. Yeah. But I have to say that one of the things that um, that I don't even know what gave me this confidence <laughs> before I left. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of the other people that I met that were planning similar trips mm-hmm. were really nervous about re-entry back into the workforce when they yeah. came back. But for me, I, I knew I, I had to give up this job. Mm-hmm. I It was a good job. I was lucky to have found it when I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I knew I had to give it up if I wanted to do this trip. Mm-hmm. And um, But I also knew when I came back, if this job was not an option, that I would have gained so many skills yeah. and experiences on my travels that it would be really a good resume booster. Yeah. So if I needed to go look for another job, I would have all of these things that I could add and all these things I could talk about in an interview. And if I was interviewing with a company that wasn't interested in what I had done or they thought that it was a problem that I had had a gap in my career, that I didn't want to work there anyway. Yeah. And I felt that way before I even left. And I don't know why I was so confident on that. I love it. Yeah, that's impressive, Reese. Yeah, because I was, you know, it's almost like after your experience, you would feel that way. But you had that before you even Mm -hmm. left the country. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even know what my experiences were going to be. I just knew that I was going to have, like, so many experiences that would be able to translate well back into um, some kind of job, whatever that might be, that... Um, I knew that it was it was worth it to take the break. Wow. So wh- I know you. Okay, I know you planned a, a few things that were definite on this on the, your your extended travel. But was it meant to be? Mm-hmm. Was it meant to be two years, or was it like was there a free flow to this? Because I I guess I always thought it was two years in length, but I might have just been making that yeah. up. <laughs> well, um, I think the first time I 
I mentioned it. I was saying like a year. Okay. Because that's kind of the length of time that people say that I'm going to take off a year and travel. Got it. Yeah. Um, but I already knew as I started <sighs> thinking through some of the things I wanted to do, I'm like, a year's not going to be long enough. Right. And, um, and one of the, one of the only real planning things I did prior to leaving as far as planning for the trip yeah. was my budget. Yeah. So I did a lot of research on how much it costs to travel in certain parts of the world or different countries. And so I kind of knew that I had enough money for two years. Okay. So by the time I left, I was saying I would be gone for two years. Okay. But it evolved over time. It was like a year and then it was 18 months and then it became two years. And ultimately it was 27 months. So wow. it was over two years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to have to share, I know you shared on your, on your blog, um, a post about your budget. Like I'm going to have to definitely mm-hmm. add that. I've never done show notes yet, but we're going to add that to the show notes. Okay. Because that okay. Okay. It's definitely um, an impressive like look at how you kind of map that out for yourself, I think, and how it, mm-hmm. and how it actually played out too. Cause you kept really good records yeah. on all of that. Yeah. And I, you know, I got a lot of questions as far as like what, if I had planned out the whole two years mm-hmm. and I really didn't plan anything for as much as a pl- I am such oh, a planner yeah. for most things. I think that's changed a lot since I've been back. I'm not really, I don't really plan anything anymore. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I used to plan everything and I didn't plan anything for this trip, but the budget was obviously that was really important right. because that was a source of stress for for me mm-hmm. and for anybody that would be taking a trip like this just to make sure that if you're going to quit your job right you need to know that you're going to have enough money and um and yeah so I had researched I just by googling um maybe from other people's blogs or I found a lot of sources but it was usually just by googling huh. and um found how much other people had spent in Argentina, for example, yeah. or in Croatia. And so I had a rough guideline, but as far as like any other planning, I, I just didn't do it, but wow, the budget, if, if I didn't have the budget planned out, then the rest of it probably wouldn't have come together either. Yeah. Okay. So you knew where your first stop, I mean, like you knew where your first stop was going to be. And yeah. then you had a few other things kind of, in the in in your mind of where you wanted to go but you were just gonna like yeah describe how that all played out well I had some um some like key things that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and they and I added a couple things while I was going but I I had a once in a lifetime kind of thing where it was gonna blow the budget but it was worth it to do it because I wanted to go to the Galapagos yep yeah, that'd be and then I added another once in a lifetime later when I realized that I was under budget, which was to go gorilla trekking oh. in Uganda. Okay. And then um, I really wanted to learn Spanish. Okay, yeah. And I didn't have a, an exact idea of how I wanted to accomplish that, but I spent my first um, eight months in Spanish-speaking countries. Okay. And so that was kind of, I just figured it would all kind of come together. Yeah. And it sort of did. I uh, still, I'm a little bit out of practice now. Right, right. It's been a little while, but <laughs> yeah. wow. And then, um, and then I wanted to walk, I wanted to do a long, like, expedition, kind okay. of. I wasn't really sure what that was going to look like. Ah. Um, I was, I was a bit inspired by 
like wild and walking the Pacific mm-hmm. Crest Trail. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I decided to walk the Camino de Santiago. Yeah. Which is the pilgrimage that people take across the country of Spain. And how long? Uh, so how kind of how long was that? How long that was I wanted it? to accomplish? It took um, that took about six weeks. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I guess I didn't realize that you just kind of had these ideas, but they weren't necessarily. Um, yeah, like totally concrete plans, which probably allowed you to have more yeah. of a flow to your trip than I guess I was expecting. Right. That's cool. Well, I had, um, so then kind of as a sub-level, I knew I was starting in South America. My first stop was Montevideo, Uruguay. Okay. And, um, and so I thought I'll spend more or less like six months in South America. Okay. And I, yeah, I kind of had like a route Got that it. I wanted to take. Okay. And I knew geography wise, like which places were close to which places, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know how long I was going to spend there. Um, I hadn't thought through any of that. And the only thing that I had planned other than like my flight to Montevideo was I had my, my first three nights booked at this hostel in Montevideo. Oh, okay. And while I was in in flight to Uruguay, the hostel canceled on me. Okay, see? <laughs> Which actually did not happen any other time yeah. on my entire trip. Yeah. Did that happen? But it happened then. So when I arrived, I didn't have a place to stay. Wow. And, um, and still looking back on that, I think, I, I don't know how I was so calm about that because I was still so new and, yeah. you know, it was just like such a new experience, but... I think I had just been giving myself enough pep talks kind of leading up to it that like things are going to happen that you don't expect and you're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And um, so I was like really like prepared. It was like almost like exciting. Like, okay, don't have anywhere to stay. Let's figure this out. Okay. So that's, that is so cool because would you have described yourself that way? Like in your Chicago life previous, because maybe you were maybe like this really kind of go with the, like if things changed, would no. you have rolled with it? Okay. <laughs> No. <laughs> wow. No. So, so were you just ready um, and, to change and like, or how did that? You ha- know what? I, I mean, there were times I, I'm not going to pretend that I was this like completely <laughs> easygoing traveler because there were definitely times where unexpected things happened. Right. And I, and I'm a crier. Yeah. Like, if oh. something like is scary or whatever, like I tend to like express my emotions by crying. Yeah. Um, so there definitely were times where I was like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I I definitely learned a lot about myself and, like, what I'm capable of. Yeah. Because one of the last things that happened to me, so after 27, well, this would have been 26 months of travel. So it was one month before I was due to come home. Okay. I was flying from Kathmandu to Belize City um, on four different airlines. Um <laughs> five different flights. Wow. And I lost my backpack. Oh, that's right. Yes. You know, there wasn't anything valuable in my backpack. Um, (sighs) And probably the most valuable thing was that I had several sets of contact lenses that were proved to be really difficult to replace. Yeah. There wasn't really anything valuable in it. It was just clothes and some cosmetics. But, um, but it was like my appendage. I, yeah. I just felt like there was the only constant that I had had in all of this time of travel that I'd always had my backpack. And I, I knew it was lost when it was lost because I was supposed to pick it up in between each 
leg of that flight. So I knew it got lost between Kathmandu and Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. And um, I filed a report and had to hope for the best. But I, so I continued um, the rest of my flights and arrived in Belize City um, more than two days after I had left Kathmandu. It oh, my was goodness. Quite a, <laughs> but I, it was a free flight. I used points for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was willing to do all this crazy flying around. Yeah. But, um, but I arrived and I didn't have my backpack and it was the weirdest feeling. And I wasn't staying in Belize City. I had to take a ferry across the way to an island that was just offshore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I arrived at my hostel. I was wearing long pants and hiking boots oh. because I just come from Nepal. Yeah. Um, and it's like the Caribbean. And it was so <laughs> hot. And I did have flip-flops in my bag. But I oh, didn't good. have any, like, shorts or anything. I was wearing... Um, under, underneath my t-shirt, I was wearing a bikini top because I thought it would be more comfortable to fly in than a regular bra. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have my bikini bottoms. Oh, so you had So to... when I got to the... When, <laughs> I mean, it was just like this comedy of errors. Oh, and when I got to the hostel and I explained to the woman, it was this lovely couple that owned it and I explained what happened. And she immediately goes and like finds clothes for me that other people have left behind. And um, she gives me some bikini bottoms that belong to someone else. And they fit and they match my top. No way. Hey. So I just wore them. My mom was mortified uh, that I was wearing someone else's bikini bottoms. But, you know, I had been traveling for more than two years. Like this is just the things that you have to do sometimes. Oh, my um, goodness. But then I did not. It spent. I spent um, another month traveling in Central America at that point, yeah. and I did not get my backpack back the whole time oh. I was there. I I did get it back eventually, and I had it sent directly to Florida to my parents' house because I was shortly headed home. But um, to be able to travel like that length of time, just kind of wearing other people's clothes, yeah. and um, and I was carrying some of my belongings around in plastic bags because oh, I didn't goodness. have a backpack anymore. Yeah, I mean it was pretty ridiculous, but. Um, and it, the timing of it, if it had to happen, to happen kind of at the end of my trip was, was fine. But I still cannot believe, like, the level of acceptance that I had when yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. I was not happy about it, obviously. Right, but it just, right. I was just like, this is how it is. And I, it almost felt like a badge of honor mm-hmm. to think that if I can, like, figure out how to deal with this yep. and be okay with it, then I can kind of figure out anything. Right, right. That's what I was just thinking. Like there's a resilience, sense of resilience or something. Like if I can deal with this, yeah. like I can just keep on dealing with whatever comes in my way. I'm going to be able to handle it, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like what were, what did, how did it change you? Like, I mean, that's one way. Were there other ways that this experience mm-hmm. really, really changed you, do you think? Well... I don't know. I suppose people that I'm closest to here in the U.S. probably have noticed some changes more than I have. Mm. Um, I One of the biggest things I've noticed since I've been back in Chicago, which has been about 10 months now, yeah. so it's been a while. Yeah, it has. Wow. Um, but I still, like, I appreciate, like, little things so much more. Mm. Um, when So I walk to work. Um, mm-hmm. and it's about a mile walk each way. And I walk across the Chicago river, um, on the Kinsey bridge and it's, it's a beautiful view. Yeah. And I, I notice it every single day. And 
sometimes if the sky is like a different color or the sun's setting just right or whatever, I'll stop and take pictures. Mm. And I'm definitely not the only person that takes pictures on that bridge, but yeah. most people just, if it's their commute, they just walk across and they don't notice. Yeah. And, um, and I'm like really proud of myself that I've still been able to hold on to that and like recognize the beauty even in where I live. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, for us, I have done that walk every day now for many, many years, yeah. but, um, but I can still recognize that like, this is a really beautiful place to live. And I really, yeah. I love this view. That's so cool, Reese. You brought up like two things I was wanting to talk to you about in that in that comment okay. because one of them was like, yeah, what were you able to incorporate that you learned into this into your life in Chicago? So just being able to appreciate the uh, yeah, the- and going for like going for a walk. Um, I haven't done it much this winter, although if it's if there's been a pretty snowfall, I have gone out to, to take photos. Oh yeah, yep. Um, but just going for a walk and like. Um, I mean, I, I live right in the touristy part of the city, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of really nice places to take photos. And mm-hmm. I, I noticed that I appreciate that a lot more, that I, even though I'm not able to, to go far right now, yeah. um, then in the future, um, I'll kind of have that opportunity or I'll appreciate more what, I, what I've seen here in Chicago as yeah. well. Well, and the photography, like I learned something about you during your travels. I did not know mm-hmm. you had like, I don't know, all these photography skills and actually your writing as well is really beautiful too. So yeah, Thank you. this like creative outlet, was that something that you, like, were you doing that? Um, had that been something you were doing and just not sharing well, with people or that I just maybe hadn't seen? No, I think, um, so the photography, I think I learned, uh, I learned a lot like what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, it's just always kind of been something fun for me. Um, I've never, I, I have like a mediocre camera. Um, I ended up taking most of my photos towards the end of my trip just with my iPhone. It's ama- There's They turned out so uh, good. It's amazing to me. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, I found that it was, um, it was always something I like kind of had an interest in, but I tended to, learn more as I was going just to see what other people did. Um, and I look back at photos that I took in the very beginning of my trip and I don't like them near as much as oh. the photos I took more towards the end. So it's kind yeah. of, I evolved. Yeah. But with the writing, I, um, I never have really done much recreational writing. Mm-hmm. I used to, when I was in high school, I always took, um, advanced writing classes and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I did it for school mm-hmm. and, I, I read things that I used to write a long time ago um, that I am proud of and that I enjoyed, but I never really did it much as an adult. And then when I decided to travel, um, one of the things that one of the skills I wanted to develop was just ah. something creative. Ah. I think I used to be a lot more creative when I was younger. I was really into theater okay. and um, kind of artsy type of thing. Okay. But then working in a, like a financial type job for however many years I did, it kind of sucked the creativity out of you. Yeah. So I thought I wanted to develop something like creative. I and I didn't that. really know what that would be. I, I didn't have a specific vision of what I was going to do that was more creative. Okay. And so the writing just kind of happened. Oh. I was writing, I started writing my blog just as a, um, just as a journal for yeah. myself or for my family and friends. 
And then I started getting a lot of nice feedback on it. And I started enjoying being able to read about it myself, like to look back on the things I did. Yeah. I so many places, it's hard to remember everything. Absolutely. So it's fun for me to read, to read it um, after the fact. That's so cool. I love that you were just like, I mean, it seems like the theme of this trip too. Like you just kind of approached it with this openness to see what would kind of emerge, like with the creativity. Like I want mm-hmm. to find a space for something creative in my life. And like these things just kind of, kind of rose to the surface for you, it seems, which is that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Oh. Yeah. I want to ask what's <laughs> rising to the surface next. Like, what are you, what do you, because part of the, in this part of the podcast too, is like the goal is to talk yeah. to like growth minded people, like who are always kind of growing and learning and discovering. And mm-hmm. I, um, I just, I just know there's, I know there's things that you're probably working on or, or continuing to like plan yeah. for or think about. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. I, so after I came back, I, I wasn't really ready to come back. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, what else I wanted to do exactly. I just didn't feel like it was time. And I'd kind of made this arbitrary commitment to my family that I would be back mm-hmm. in the summer. Um, so I, so I came back last, like the end of May in 2017 and um, I I spent time with my family I celebrated my birthday here and I had this instinct that I wanted to turn around and leave again right away wow but um, then my tenant that was living in my condo moved out unexpectedly oh okay and I panicked because (laughs) I you know needed to I needed to cover my mortgage so that was going to happen and um, I just decided to move back in, and then that's why I just gratefully accepted my job back. Yeah, okay, got it. But it still just didn't really feel right. Um, I don't feel like I really – I'm feeling more so that I fit in, but it took me a long time to feel like I even fit in here anymore. Right. Um, but then, you know, I, ha- I, I have this these American traits that make me stand out in other parts of the world, but yeah. I also now have these – um, like kind of global traits that don't Ooh. really make me fit in here either. Okay. Oh, describe those to um, me. Can you describe what those yeah. would be? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think the patience yeah. is, is one thing because I notice when I'm with other friends now, um, just getting impatient in traffic mm-hmm. or with service at a restaurant yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I'm kind of just observing how other people react to that. Right. And right. it just leaves me with this really strange feeling. Interesting. Um, but cause that's, I, that was one of the unique things about Americans. I felt like they just always have this instant gratification that you don't ah, really find any other places. Right. Um, that's but interesting. we're spoiled because no. that's, it's, it's often it, it is the case here that you can get instant gratification um, pretty much anywhere you want. But, totally. Um, that's and, not the case in a lot of places. Yeah. And you just don't want, you're like, okay, like I got places to go, things to do. It's like we kind of are on this like um, very fast kind of treadmill often too. You know what I yeah. mean? Where we're, where it's hard yeah. for us to slow, it's hard for us to slow down. And I'm thinking of myself, right. even just this past weekend, we were at a restaurant and you know, there's only one woman working there, so I was understanding, but it was kind of like, we've been here a long time. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's it's like, okay, it's like, try to be, okay, you know, 
don't get upset about him. It's like I feel like also being in living in a bigger city too. I feel like I have less patience for that. So I have to be. I have to watch myself. Yeah. But I can. I totally. I totally can see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do when I was away was I would have breakfast every morning, mm. and um, I, I kind of limited myself to two meals a day because I ate out pretty okay. much every meal. Yeah. Um, but I would go for like this nice leisurely breakfast. Anywhere in the world, I could do that. And, and I mean, breakfast was different depending on what country I was in. Right. But I never felt like anyone wanted to rush me. Yeah, there's something so nice about that. So I would that. often bring, um, I would bring like all of my things that I would use for writing. And I would just sit in a cafe or something almost every day. Oh. And I would have a couple cups of coffee. Like I could sit at that table as long as I wanted, as long as I had bought something. Yeah. Whereas I tried to do that once since I've been back in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, they're just like, boom, boom, boom. Yep. Like, here's your food. Here's your coffee. Like, here's your bill. And there's, yeah, it's just not. It's different. It's not conducive to that whatsoever. Right. And it was disappointing the time I tried to do that. I thought, I'm going to go sit and have. And I tried to take a time that I knew wouldn't be busy. So if I did sit there longer, they wouldn't care. But Yeah. It didn't work. Um, it, it wasn't. No, it, the restaurant ended up being busier than I Aww. had anticipated. So it just, yeah, I, got, I got run out of there pretty quickly. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's interesting. So like the patience, um, what, are, what are other some like other global traits that kind of made it a little bit of a hard transition? Uh, are they Are they hard to like... Explain. Yeah, I think it's probably hard. It's probably hard to quantify. And yeah. Especially now that I've been back a little while. Right. Um, everything kind of starts to blur together a little bit. But I just know I had this feeling um, yeah. for several months after I came back that I just like didn't really fit in here. Yeah. And um, and while I do have you know really good friends and you know some of them. Yeah. Um, and they were really supportive all along. I found that um we didn't have a lot to like, they couldn't relate to the experiences I had mm-hmm. and then I couldn't relate to things that have been going on here. Yeah. Right. Um, just because I had been away and I hadn't been involved in it. So yeah, sometimes yeah. I found that we didn't really even have um, a lot to talk about because I was trying not to just talk about, you know, Oh, I went here. I did this. Right. Like, you know, I was trying not to like dominate the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But then I also couldn't relate to things that they were saying either. Yeah. That's so it interesting. took me a little bit of time till I felt like I was able to mesh better. Yeah. Um, but I still have like this whole other side of me that I think a lot of people here can't or um, won't relate to. Interesting. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like you're kind of, feeling between two worlds almost in a way right now, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, I'm a little bit in limbo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where... But I knew immediately that I didn't want to stay here any longer. Right. Um, or not, that's not really putting it the right way. It's just, I just, there's still more out there that I want to see. I think anybody who travels knows that your list never gets shorter. It always gets longer. <laughs> I can totally imagine that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I just realized that I still really wanted to go see the world. So I uh, am back at my job of trying, I'm aggressively saving money, but my intention is next time I I don't want to even put a two-year time limit on it. Wow. Because 
I, I even found like with that, I still was like at the end, I'm like, but I want to go, I want to go here. So I'm going to like, you know, cut this short. I had six weeks in India and it was like not near long enough. No. And that sounds like it was and an amazing I, trip too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like meeting someone, um, at the end of that, I had people that met me periodically throughout mm-hmm. my travels. So I was meeting a friend that I'm like, I have to, you know, pick this up. And yeah. so six weeks in India, I was like scrambling. So I don't even want to put a time limit on it. Yeah. But I know that I don't also want to have the stress of like running out of money. So mm-hmm. in the meantime, I'm kind of trying to start a business on the side oh. as I'm working at this other job. Yeah. And um, I didn't really know what that business was going to be. It kind of fell in my lap. But mm-hmm. I recently started, I've partnered with a company in Tanzania oh. that plans safaris okay. and Kilimanjaro trucks. And they also have a subset of gorilla trekking in Rwanda. Oh, wow. And it's run by this local couple in Tanzania. They're amazing. I've done several Skype calls with them and I love chatting with them. I love their accent. Uh, (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's like, it's just so cool. Like they're trying to do business with people from a different culture is just such a learning experience, (laughs) but I love every minute of it. Um, So they found me on Instagram Mm. and we started having some talks about me possibly partnering with them wow they were really pushing it and I wasn't really sure if I was ready for that so I was putting them off and saying later later like let's talk about it later um but meanwhile I I knew somebody who wanted who had been asking me a lot of questions about safaris yeah and was looking to plan one so I kind of already had a client in my back pocket yeah so I just did um I vetted them. I talked to other people who are doing the same thing for them. They didn't have anyone else in the U.S. that's working with them, but they have a few other people in Europe. Okay. Um, and I believe someone in Brazil as well. And so um, I, and I talked to other people who've done safaris with them. Yeah. And I just felt really comfortable with the whole process. So wow. I've started booking safaris that's for so this cool. company and then I'm earning a little bit of commission on the side. Okay. But I got so excited about this prospect that I thought, oh, I'm going to partner with other operators in other parts of the world. And I have a good friend who runs a trekking company in Nepal. So I reached out to him to ask him if he would be interested in partnering with me. And immediately he said yes. Yes, absolutely. And I realized I wasn't really ready to like expand. Right, right, right. To take (laughs) this on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shoot. I didn't realize you were going to say yes so quickly. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm working on that. I want to be able to partner with a few companies. I get a lot of questions about uh, recommendations for Absolutely. for companies that do that. I spent a lot of time in Africa and I've done a lot of trekking, so those tend to be the things that people ask me about the most. Yeah. So it would be great if I could um, if I could take advantage of some of these places that I was recommending anyway. Right. And um, and then earn a little commission on the side. Oh, that's that sounds like a great yeah because. You actually went through these experiences. And, I mean, you've done how many safaris now? You've done a number of safaris. I'm, well, I was trying to – I've done, like, 18 days' worth. So 18 I don't days' know worth. Okay. On, yeah, I mean, some of them, like, were, like oh, – one was a week. Okay. But, yeah, 18 days' worth of safari. Yeah. And just, like, a number of experiences out there, trekking and things. Like, you would be such a good mm-hmm. – such a wonderful resource to have. Like, if people wanted to contact you – 
regarding that, like, would they just go through your Instagram page or what would be a good way to, to contact you for that? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, Instagram is always a great way to reach me, which I, my Instagram is someday is now RT underscore RTW. Okay. Um, but also just my email, which I guess if, if you're sharing like show notes or something, you could share my, my email. I'll do that. that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now. Wow. Eventually I'm going to develop my, my website. So then I have a more central source, but that that's, you know, that's a, work in progress. Okay. That's awesome, Reese. That's really exciting. Cause it's like, I feel like it's, it goes back to that theme. Like you're just kind of open. You're like, I know I want to do something different and I want to be involved like with the travel world or seems mm-hmm. like it. And it, it seems like it's just yeah. starting to bubble to the surface here a little bit too. So yeah. So cool. Yeah. And I think what I've learned from that is like, as long as you just kind of remain open to, yeah. to whatever may come your way, then then anything can happen because like I said I knew that I I didn't even really start spending much time with social media or Instagram I I used Instagram the whole time during my trip mm-hmm. but I didn't really focus on it so much until after I came back yep so it was last summer that I started thinking well maybe social media might be a good way to kind of promote whatever I decide to do if I decide to write a book or for any business that I might have, yeah. if I have a social media following, following, then that nothing bad can come from that. Right, absolutely. So it was last summer I started trying to build my Instagram profile, and um, I still have some work to do on that. But yeah, it's definitely opened up a lot of doors for me. I get people from all over the place that are sending me messages and asking oh, me wow. questions or advice. Um, even people that have no idea that I speak any Spanish, but have like written me messages in Spanish. Aww. And then it's kind of fun for me to like communicate back <laughs> with them in Spanish. And oh, like, that's awesome. I mean, I don't know if I could do this if we were speaking, but <laughs> right. to be able to, to exchange messages with them, yeah. like it makes me feel like pretty, pretty proud of myself that's that I could awesome. be a bilingual Aww. travel coach. <laughs> okay. And I just hear the excitement that's coming out of you. It's like, that's, I don't know. It makes me excited for you. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So I guess I remember you talking about Instagram and just wanting to to kind of get more involved just to share things cuz I actually want you to mm-hmm. put out a photography book or some type of book cuz I think you've got some really amazing photos and some really wonderful stories. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but like I think it's cool like the bubble to the surface if it happens in like Yeah. It'll come. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, there's definitely a part of me that would like to write a book. And then I'm realizing now that I'm back working full time, I have a lot less time to do some of these extra things than I thought that I would have time to do. Um, But, but yeah, it's not, um, I I think I've realized, whereas my life was more pre-travel, my life was more work, working out. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved cooking, Yeah, but it was always kind of, so I did have hobbies, but they were always kind of like the same things. And now I find myself doing um, a lot of more entrepreneurial type things Interesting. in my free time, which is kind of, um, it's just kind of fun because I'm learning mm-hmm. a lot about things that I really didn't know anything about. Yep. I did a, this isn't entrepreneurial, but I, I ended up doing like a Skype call with um, a middle school classroom. Oh, get out. Where they were planning like, the, so the students were paired into groups and they were doing 
like they were planning like a trip somewhere and they had to plan the budget and their itinerary and things like that. Ah. And so, um, so yeah, they like did Skype, a Skype call with me and they were asking me questions. Although it's funny because there were like six places that they asked me about if I had been there and I had to say no. Oh no. <laughs> and I've been to like 58 countries. Right. They asked me about six places that I had not been to. Um, <laughs> But it was kind of fun to to talk to them. And I mean, what kind of that never would have come up yeah. if I hadn't done this trip. That is so Talking cool. Talking to you today would never have come up if I hadn't done this trip. So. <laughs> right. No, it's it's just, yeah, when you're open to these new experiences, I it's just like you don't mm-hmm. know what could happen. And I think it is yeah. really easy for us in our lives just to kind of get almost like our blinders on and to – just be going about our day, and we might be doing things we love and enjoy, and they and they're bringing us probably some joy as as well. But it's mm-hmm. just like if we can take off those blinders and see what else is out there. It's I don't know. That's what I. That's how I. When I hear you, I just feel like you're just kind of just being so open and and uh, it's it's bringing out a lot of new things for you and, and possibilities, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. So this next yeah. this next trip, where what are you thinking? Do you have anything in mind yet, or is just it's out there? I mean, no, I don't really have anything specific in mind. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I would love to spend like a couple of years on like every continent. Got it. Okay. That's the dream. Um, at okay. least. But, but specifically I think about um, that I didn't spend enough time in India and yeah. I really loved it there. I would love to go back there. It's been like at least six more months at one time. Um, but I know that when I, I have this arbitrary deadline set for myself of May of next year that I would like to leave, it's purely oh, wow. like I just pulled that out of the air. Yep. Um, and it's kind of based on how much money I think I can save by then, but I'm not so worried about that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna next time. I'm gonna sell my condo and everything. Got in it. it. Got it. So I need a little bit of time to to manage that. And, um, and if I have a business started by then where I'm able to have income coming in, then great. Mm -hmm. But if not, I'm not so worried about whether I have an income coming in because that's the whole point of me saving money right now. I know that I can go somewhere where it's much cheaper to live. And if I have like that full time Mm -hmm. to start the business rather than trying to do it, and it'll be a different travel this time, I my 27 month experience before I was pretty much on the go all the time. The longest I spent in one place was three weeks. Okay. And that was because I was volunteering. Yeah. Um, but otherwise I was always kind of on the go pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And that for one thing, it's exhausting, but also um, it's, it's just different. It, I felt like I was kind of ready to move on each time because I had, either seen everything that I that I was ready to see or I just had this forward momentum that kept pushing me yeah but if I'm going to be working while I go then I'll probably stay in one place quite a bit longer okay and work and you know just experience the flavor of the place more so wow well we're gonna have to like have another one of these at some point then (laughs) (laughs) just to see like the update on how things are progressing for you and um, just, I don't know. Cause I, I just think it's cool to hear about, or and to see as a friend, even like the growth and the changes that have happened with you mm-hmm. because of 
because of your openness to this travel and um yeah it's just it's been it's been really exciting and inspiring to follow you you i think even just being a someone who sees your things on instagram it's just inspiration for all of us to be thinking outside our, of our immediate surroundings and i think that's really powerful you know so yeah so thank you for that thank reese. you thanks <laughs> all right reese it was really nice talking to you i hope we get to chat soon yeah me too thank you so much i had so much fun talking to reese I so admire how she's cultivated space for openness in her life in terms of her travel and her creativity. If you don't already, you should definitely follow her on Instagram as somedayisnow underscore RTW. The photos she shares are beautiful and serve as a reminder for myself to notice the beauty around me on a daily basis. I love that she actually mentions her awareness of the beauty around her now that she's back in Chicago and the concept of slowing down in order to take notice and create that awareness. I also really enjoyed hearing how she slowly built up her courage to take more and more adventurous trips. Our big dreams can feel so overwhelming until we break them down into smaller steps. I personally found this piece really encouraging. What about you? I'd love to hear. What inspiration did you come away with after listening to our conversation? Please share on my website at www.ryanwellness.com or my Instagram page at Ryan Wellness. I look forward to hearing from you. Wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.